All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where today we are previewing Orlando City's game against DC United back to MLS action this weekend as the Lions take on, uh, I don't know what DC United are actually called. Do they have a nickname, Gavin Eubank? The Eagles? Is that what that would be? I mean, I know that their supporters are the Screaming Eagles, or one of them are. I don't want to rile up some fan bases there, but... Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm pretty I sure assume. their mascot's name is Talon the Eagle, so it should be the Eagles. Yeah, they're they're just called the Black and Red. I think that's their their official nickname. Either way, um, Orlando City versus DC United coming up this weekend. Uh, that's Gavin Eubank. I'm Austin David. So, uh, Orlando City came away with a scoreless draw against Tigres. Great result, um, but it sets up now a midweek game against Tigres in Orlando where the Lions are going to be kind of thinking about that and not necessarily thinking about DC United who uh, historically over the last couple of years have been not great. As of right now, they have played two games, they have won one and they have lost one. And so it's kind of a mixed bag for DC United. Obviously they they won against Toronto 3 to 2 in their first game which was absolutely crazy. Christian Benteke and uh, Theodore Pietro scored in stoppage time to win over Toronto. And then the next game, they laid an egg against Columbus when Lucas Celerayon decided to do Lucas Celerayon things and score twice in the first half. So, is this a new and improved DC United team? They have now in goal... The man, Tyler Miller, formerly of LAFC and Minnesota United, solid MLS goalkeeper. They also have Christian Benteke up front, as I mentioned before. Um, they've got some guys in the midfield like Mateus Klich and Pedro Santos. And then in the back, you've got Steve Berenbaum and Andy Nahar, uh, names that you may recognize, as well as Chris Durkin. So, um, Gavin... This is going to be uh, an interesting one because you're expecting a rotated lineup for Orlando. You're expecting a full first-team strength lineup for D.C. United. What are you thinking here? I mean, I'm thinking that this is this is definitely a good opportunity. But, I mean, you know, for Orlando to get some points here, if you do rotate a lineup and you are setting up probably pretty similar, I think we would expect, to what we saw against Cincinnati last week. I mean, like you said, Orlando got a great result in Tigres, and, or in Monterey, I should say, and you would expect that we are probably going to want to go full steam ahead. I mean, they now have one hand, I guess you could say. Both you know Tigres and Orlando have one hand on moving through next week, and so you're your focus is still entirely on that, you know. They have just as much of chance of winning that as anything. And so you're going to see, similar to last week, you're going to see an Orlando team with one eye on D.C. and one eye on Tigres. Um, but, I mean, as far as looking at D.C. United this week, it's definitely a game where points are on the table. Like you said, there's um, – I don't know how much improvement has gone on here, but Wayne Rooney's had an off season with this team. He's had a full preseason with this team. Um, but I mean, outside of that dramatic late victory, I mean, like you said, they needed all 90 minutes plus stoppage time to get the victory on opening day. And then they weren't great against, uh, Columbus last week. So, you know, 
I think it's still the same DC United team that was really known last year. However, if you are Orlando, keep in mind, DC um, beat Orlando twice last season. And in case you were wondering, Orlando was the only team that DC beat twice last season. So they have a good they have a good record against them. I think it's five five wins, two losses, and a draw against Orlando in their last eight games. So not a lot has gone right in the nation's capital, both, you know, figurative, literally, but hmm. um, one thing that they do do well, apparently, is play good soccer against Orlando. It's the Wayne Rooney effect, let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, Orlando City, anytime Wayne Rooney is involved, uh, dumb things happen. And I'm just going to say right now, we, you're banned, like the talking about that thing is banned on this podcast. I've had enough of it. I don't want to hear about it. Only on Wayne Rooney's birthday will you ever hear about it. Yeah, and probably because well, actually, I won't have year. to watch the broadcast this week. I was gonna say I would. You were probably gonna see fifty replays of it on the broadcast this week, but thankfully, <laughs> I don't have to live through that. Now, I can't guarantee that it's obviously not gonna play on like the stadium video board, which it probably will at least once. Yeah. So uh, for those uh, who are wondering, yes, Gavin Eubank is gonna be live in the nation's capital for Saturday night's game, reporting live from the Audi. I, I guess that's what they're calling it, the Audi field. Uh, it should be a fun thing. I, I'm I'm kind of curious as to see how that stadium looks in person, so you'll have to report back and let us know what your experience was like, especially yeah. the media setup, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it looks, it looks small, <laughs> at least on picture, so I'm definitely curious to see how it, intimate. If it, if it says, yeah, I was gonna say intimate. if it looks as if it feels as intimate as it looks. It's not small. It's intimate. You gotta <laughs> you gotta use that right vocabulary. Yeah, I want to say the last time. So I the last time I was in I don't know if it was the last time I was in D.C. But before they built that stadium, they were actually building it. I went to a Nationals game, and the parking lot where I parked was like. 100 feet a couple hundred feet away from that stadium because you know it's like a stone's throw from nationals park so mm-hmm. but uh it'll be cool to see an actual fully built soccer stadium there now so yeah i mean listen the last time that you were at a dc united game i think it was they were still playing at the old park yeah right? no yeah i uh, two two trips to uh to rfk to that that uh well I, the old that old dumpster fire now because it's gone i believe yeah yeah it is um I mean that was you you're a part you got to be a part of history. That was a very unique space where uh, there was a lot of history there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of you know one of those things where I don't know if you would I mean I guess in US soccer terms it's considered kind of one of those like hollowed grounds just because of the history there, but I mean yeah, it is it is cool to at least have been able to to been there a couple times. Yeah. More more than some people. Yeah, you walk to get to the press box. You walk from the hallway, like, over a catwalk, on a catwalk to get to, like, the hanging press box. So it's one of the things there that when the crowd um, is, like, really getting into it, the press box starts to swing because it's not, like, actually, like, built. It's, like, hanging, basically. Um, so, you know, that's that's fun. Yeah, you got to use past tense here, Gavin. Yeah. Past tense. <laughs> Anywho, uh, in, in terms of DC, uh, one, one player that – uh, everyone seems to keep forgetting here is uh superstar super sub who won mm-hmm. who has yet to make appearance for the black and red um 
I yeah. wouldn't put it past Wayne Rooney to just throw him out there and be like, here, you're playing against your old team. I mean, it's possible, but you've also got Andy Nahar, you know, playing, and unless he's gotten bad, I mean, he's still he's still a pretty decent uh, fullback in this league. Um, but yeah, I was looking at the lineups before, and it was interesting that he hadn't started. Um, you know, they gave up a second overall pick for him, so you would have expected that he would have been of some value to the DC, um, but yeah. maybe not. Now, DC also has some, I guess, roster kind of compliance, not compliance issues, but they have some roster decisions to make uh, Ravel Morrison is still technically a part of their team at, yet has no plans to be playing there uh, according to Wayne Rooney either. I guess he's completely out of the team now so they have they have some holes to fill mm-hmm. and again they've brought in players like Benteke up top and um oh what's his name uh, Nigel Robertha the mm-hmm. uh the the kid from Feyenoord in the Netherlands like he's he's solid like they got two good very good players up top mm-hmm. and Durkin and, and Santos on the wings they're good Glich I mean he's he's coming from the Premier League to, get, to come join uh, in the middle of the park here for DC like they have good individual players but much like Orlando yeah. City it's still early on in the season they're still trying to gel they're still trying to kind of understand each other mm-hmm. and it's 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 winnable regardless of what Orlando puts out there. Yeah. I feel like that's they're still DC United until proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, they they are a team that, like you said, they have some good attacking talent on the top end of the field. They are good, you know. They they obviously have the pieces um, to score goals. One of their things, like Orlando, is that they're struggling to really create chances, to really create good chances so far. So it's not necessarily coming together you know if you're looking at weaknesses it's more in defense and that's where orlando is going to be able to really expose them and try to try to get at it central defense specifically you know the fullbacks like we said we talked about you know those are kind of areas of opportunity for orlando to if they can get on the page with each other on the same page and start to show what we saw against tigres now obviously we are expecting that there will be different players largely on the field so you're not really going to be able to see much of that performance carry over, we would think. But you are going to see at least a couple of these guys, I would expect, out there. Maybe an Ojeda, Pereira, Fagundo, you know, some of them will be out there. But, you know, there's definitely going to be opportunity here for Orlando to make its mark on this game and it not take a point away, take all three. I mean, they, you know, DC is, they're not going to let Orlando walk into their fields and run over them. But Orlando is the better team on paper here for sure. Yeah. Now, in terms of DC United, they have a couple of players out. Brandon Hines, Ike, uh, or EK, I guess he's he's got a foot injury. Uh, Martin Rodriguez has a knee injury, and Taxi Funtas, who again kind of took the lead league by storm last year up until a certain point, he is out with a thigh injury. So, which is good for Orlando because to... that guy has been a killer last season how many goals did he have against orlando at least like three right too many yeah too many is what i'm saying um by the way the uh, audi field is now called the oh no it's still called audi field never mind <laughs> um fun fact dc united is currently looking for their ninth win against orlando city mm-hmm. uh and as a coach as you mentioned before wayne rooney two oh and oh um they're averaging two goals per game against orlando over the last couple years when Pedro Galese plays. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so. I mean, it, it, yeah, which you know is concerning for Orlando because they certainly rarely score two goals a game. But now, here, here's a, here's a stat that I want to throw at you, Gavin, and this is this is something that historically speaking for Orlando City has been about a, a really big problem, but they've been better at it l- over the last couple of years, uh, not including last year's game against DC in July. DC United have scored nine of their 25 goals against Orlando in the final 15 minutes of matches. Hmm. So those late in that, and what's like the time frame almost, on that again? Almost half of their goals were scored in the final 15 minutes of games. That was all time? All time. Yeah. I mean, if you're Orlando, you could take solace in the fact that those issues of conceding late in games is is almost gone. I mean, we don't really see it as much nowadays, especially Orlando this season, 270-plus minutes of soccer. They haven't conceded a single goal. Pedro right. Glesse, three consecutive clean sheets to start the year. I mean, defensively, Orlando is playing really as well as we've ever seen this group. I mean, Oscar Pereja ball is, like, peaking right now in terms of great defense, lack of offense, but getting the results. Results are the only thing that matters. Now, in the last four games, technically, if you want to count five, that was the fifth one was under James O'Connor. So in the last four matches, which were all under Oscar Pereja, Orlando won the first game back in 2021 at Audi Field, one nothing which is, you know, poppy special. Then you go into October, Orlando wins at Exploria 2-1. And then the last two matches, they've lost 5-3 at home and 2-1 on the road. So 2021, they won both. 2022, they lost both. Mm-hmm. And that's the four matches that they have played under Oscar. And I believe that's three different coaches for DC United that have coached at that time. If I'm not Olsen. mistaken. Um, Lasardo, now Wayne Rooney. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wayne Rooney's first game was, in fact, the was it, it was the, the July? game in Orlando, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the five-three yeah. one. Yeah, that's right. Came out. That's when Taxi scored. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, not one of Orlando's better days that one, but you know, like I said, it's. I think. I mean, so, Taxi has scored four goals against Orlando City in his time which i believe was just last year it kind of feels does it also feel like to you i can still remember sitting in my office last year watching that game um last year the what in dc the second game that they played uh junior Urso hitting that stupid little chip for a goal and then they gave up that late late winner Mm -hmm. pato went down in that game they were playing Mm -hmm. really well until pato came off yeah um, injured so fun times you want hey, you want to know who has the most goals for orlando against dc in their history most goals for orlando against dc in their history i'm gonna guess it's not someone on the team uh correct okay um when did this player leave the team um jason christ was still coach is it laren correct okay that was my first guess. I had to narrow yep. it down a little bit. Kyle Laren still leads in the series with three goals scored oh. against DC. Well, that's a little concerning that they don't score, that no one has scored more goals, but you know, that's what it is. I, just, I don't know. Playing against DC United's weird for Orlando, I guess. Like, I don't know what it is, despite the coaches or whatnot. It's still just like 
something There's about it. Quite a few teams in this league. Honestly, too many for Orlando to be successful at this point. Where there's just a weird vibe whenever Orlando plays them. I feel like you can say that whenever <laughs> they play the DC, check. whenever they play Philly, um, whenever they play at NYC, those games either are like a it's a slugfest one way or another. And I feel like history proves it's not usually good for Orlando. No. Um, yeah, those are just always weird ones. It tends to happen. Just weird vibes. Well, I guess the uh, good news for Orlando is it's, you know, whole new team, whole new scenario. Just kind of got to figure out who's playing first. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, one thing's interesting, too, for Orlando, or for D.C., 16-year-old homegrown center back. You know as well as I that I probably shouldn't try to pronounce his name, but debuted last season at 15. He started their first game, didn't start against uh, Columbus last week, so it'll be interesting to see if he's back out there as well. Yes. Uh, Wayne Rooney touted him as, I think, the best performer on the team in preseason. So, I mean, that's that's obviously putting a lot of pressure on this kid, but also if you're Orlando, like, that's an opportunity to, you know, you have these – Plenty of these experienced yeah. attacking players on I mean, your team. Listen, when you're when you're 16 years old and you're six two, like yeah. that is just insanely impressive. And you know, this is an, a, a great opportunity for the kid. Uh, by the way, his name is Matai Akinboni. Akinboni, yes. He was born in 2006, Gavin. Don't tell me that. I'm gonna throw up. How do you think I feel? What were you do doing you, in 2006, do Austin? Let's date ourselves here. 2006, I was starting high school. I was starting Little League in 2006. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, remembering some guys time. Ready for this one? Go ahead. Uh, in DC United's history against Orlando City, guess who has the best goals against average as goalkeeper? For Orlando? For DC. Oh, for DC? Is it not Bill Hamid? I'll get to Orlando in a second. It's not Bill Hamid. In terms of goals against average. Goals against average. He only played one game against Orlando. Did Earl? Earl played for DC? He did not play for DC against Orlando. Oh, okay. You're not going to get it. Uh, He actually just retired like two weeks ago. It's John Kempen, former Uh Orlando City USL goalkeeper. Yeah. Bill Amid played in nine games against Orlando, and um, he allowed one, just over 1.1 goals against average. Hmm. And then Good in terms of Orlando, uh, Tally Hall, best goals against average by allowing zero. <laughs> Good for him. Technically, Pedro actually has the worst goals against average. He's allowing two goals per game against DC in four matches. Mm. Not good, but D, but Pedro is in one of the best forms that we've seen him to start the year. So oh, yeah, there's, there's his, that he's, for his form has been impeccable, mm-hmm. which is just kind of like crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think too, he's probably riding a pretty nice high coming off that performance against Tigres. I mean, yeah. Now the Gignac question is, does he coming at him though? left and right? Which, by the way, I don't. We didn't get to do a, a review on that, but I mean, that guy. It it was like. The ball found him every 30 seconds in front of goal. <laughs> crazy. It is quite crazy. Now, funny thing uh, that I'd like to mention here. 
uh, one Orlando City player has a ton of experience, not only for DC United, but against them as well. And that is Felipe, who played with DC right. uh, from 2019 to 2021. Now, obviously, it, it's a very different team. However, he probably knows a lot of these guys that have been around that team for a very long period of time. So could be that he not only gets the start, but also plays a good chunk of minutes because he hasn't really played for Orlando. He made his debut in the Champions League game off the yeah. bench. And, um, you know, he's a scrappy player. He's older, but he's veteran. He understands his role. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there simply because he's a guy that you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity, too. You know, we talked about it really before the season with all, with this busy schedule at this part. You're going to expect, you know, you're going to have to expect almost every guy on the roster at some point to step up. And especially, you know, if you're Oscar, you're going to want to get this guy more minutes. But when did he come in in that game? It was I know it was like late in the second half, but I mean, like you said, that was his debut. So he hasn't seen the field a lot. And it could have been a precursor to like, you know, you get this appearance and now, you know, get kind of get your game legs back under you um, and, you know, get get more out here this weekend. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what kind of lineup he rolls out and if he's involved. Oh, yeah. And just just for a uh, frame of reference, the time that uh, Felipe came into the game was the 84th minute. OK, yeah. So, I mean, he's as he's probably the freshest legs on the roster just about <laughs> anything. Well, Wilder played on Wednesday or Wilder played on Tuesday. Right. Um, Cesar played, obviously, Pereira. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you pretty much used every midfielder. I don't. Did Dagger Dagger Don came in, too, right? He did. Yeah. He's played, so, I mean, he's played in every game. He started yeah. the Cincy game. He came in as a sub in the first game and then he played a, a smidge bit of time. Uh, about this would be a 15, really good game for minutes. Dagger Dan, too. I mean, we saw his work rate against Cincinnati was extremely high. I mean, he seems like he's gaining a lot more uh, comfort out there on the field. If you get a, a, a going up against a DC team that is less, you know, less quality in the back, um, like DC is compared to Cincinnati, this could be a game where he really excels out there. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, like if they do a full rotation on, on roster, Mm-hmm. You know, you could see uh, a Rafael Santos appearance. Mm-hmm. You could see um, a Shaq Muhammad appearance. You could see a Duncan McGuire appearance. Like, these are guys that haven't gotten necessarily a lot of playing time, not a lot of opportunities. Of course, it's early in the season, but they're there. They're let hungry. Me, they're young. Let, let me hit you a center back question. Uh, mm. Antonio Carlos back to mm-hmm. training with the full team. Would it be too soon to expect him to maybe? Well, if he doesn't start, I would think maybe some minutes in the second half. That is my expectation. If he is ready to go, I think the the today in training was probably like the testing point for him mm-hmm. to be like, all right, can you give me forty five minutes? Can you give me fifty minutes? You know, yeah. um, if they're if they're trying to save legs for that game maybe give him like a a final 30 minutes of run out maybe put him in for rodri or and or robin you know Mm -hmm. it kind of depends on how the game plays out first off you know if the game kind of lends itself to them being able to put antonio in and get some game minutes they'll probably try and do that otherwise i would say they probably try and save him 
I yeah. don't know if they really take the risk in starting him against Tigres. I think that would be a bit of a risk. Like, yeah, bit, I think uh, I think maybe that. you have um, Abdi Salim see another start. I mean, he was mm-hmm. good, not great against Cincinnati. You know, for a rookie obviously his first pro game. Oh yeah, no, for a rookie, he made some rookie mistakes, but he really, obviously, was you know just a part as anybody else in keeping that scoreless game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you start him. And then you start either Jansen, you know, Robin or, or Schlegel. And obviously neither of those guys, you're probably going to go the full 90. So, yeah, I mean, w- what harm does it do in getting Antonio 45, 30 minutes and then say, all right, you know, you, you're you like you said, that's your kind of your testing to see if maybe if he's not if he's ready to start against Tigers or not. Or if you don't want to mess up that chemistry just yet, you know, that Robin and, and Schlegel have been able to put together. So throw hard through the first few games. Well, Gavin, I have I have run out of things to talk about. I'm not sure if there's anything you want to add slash mention, but I'm um, good to call it here if you want. Score prediction? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's a tough one. <laughs> you go first. Let me think about it for a second. I'm going to say... one nothing, one nothing Orlando. They hmm. keep the shutout streak going. And everyone goes home happy. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a one goal game, regardless. It could mm-hmm. finish one nothing. It could finish two one. But I'm gonna go with Orlando actually starts scoring goals against a a, a potentially very young back line. Yeah. I mean, either way you look at it, you know, half rotated roster. I mean, these, these, there's going to be a lot of guys out there who have played quite a bit of minutes so far this year. So, I mean, you know, that eventually at this point in the year, it'll catch up to you. So it'll be interesting to see how that does play out. I I would like to mention one other thing Uh, the weather, right? The expected forecast in DC, I believe, is going to be in the 40s or 50s. Mm hmm. Like it, uh, for for folks that have been training constantly in like eighties, ninety degree weather, that's gonna be cold. Like it's gonna be fifty and cloudy on game day. Yeah, I mean it's been very nice this week, and it's been pretty consistently like right around that. Um, I mean, eh, yeah, I could. It definitely gets chilly at night. <laughs> that's uh, the thing to, to watch uh, out for, though. You know, guys having that shock to their systems just kind of it it, it does things to people so it's a good point you know they haven't uh they definitely haven't really left the south at all this year at any point so it's a good point not at all right well that'll do it for our preview show here on the orlando soccer show for gavin eubank i'm austin david be sure to follow along with gavin's tweets live from the stadium at audi field on saturday evening as the Lions take on the black and red. Uh, we'll be back for potentially post-game. Are you guys going to do post-game? Uh, I mean, I'll be at the stadium, so it's up to you guys if you do post-game. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, uh, possibly stay tuned for some possible post-game <laughs> coverage uh, in written form at the very least, maybe in audio form. So mm-hmm. uh, with that, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.